1: Welcome to the rant room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriter's Rant Room. We keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it one, everybody. What kind of. I am so Wakanda. sorry. I'm trying to she be discreet be and do my twists. <laughs>
2: sorry. You know you what? You I'm right. not even ashamed anymore. I'm just, I'm going to eat the <laughs> twists right the now. Bang. All right, here we go. Right, right. <laughs>
1: y'all eat know up. how we do it on the rant room on the, on the show. Mic. We, di- we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture And our focus is always screenwriting Stories, craft, and shit like that See y'all in here acting a fool mm-hmm. When I'm trying to do the business See what y'all got to deal with You can be the to- professional one <laughs> I'm trying to be <laughs> you little bastards Do you <laughs> So Y'all know how we're doing in the rant room (laughs) We got my girl in the house, Lisa Bullock Mm -hmm. With her Skull Tijuana 2017 shirt on Hey,
2: I'm from San Diego I live 10 minutes from TJ Mm -hmm. I've never been you never been to TJ?
3: Nope It's interesting I've been a few times
1: Mm -hmm. Why you gotta be giving me that servant ass look like I'm short or something? Because I feel like you live so close And people
2: just don't go down and travel anywhere Mm,
1: I don't travel down there I hardly go east of La Brea. Huh? Ain't nobody snatching up.
2: up <laughs> <laughs> no one to say, say no more. <laughs> I'm like, I was shot. that? Look, people always say stuff like, they come it's down clear. like, why'd you want, it's like, no one's snatching up black people. <laughs> Yeah, no one blesses. You ain't that. never heard nothing about we. We stole this negrito right here, and we want ten million <laughs> dollars.
1: It's never gonna no happen.
2: They got no money. They ain't got no money. So, said City got a couple stories, you know. <laughs> no, that's my hometown, and TJ's my used to be my party spot in the old days too. I used to go clubbing down there across the border because I think at the time you could be eighteen and drink. Okay, oh, yeah. So everybody, and then. There, you don't have to drive. You can just walk across the border. Children, back in the old days. <laughs> oh, we, yeah, got, well, we got
4: stories to yeah, share. <laughs>
2: of, $2, cab drive, days, $2, $2 cab drive from the border to the club. And back in those days, we had something called Old Laser Club, was... where the club was like smoke and it was lasers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was terrible, and I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> music sucked. Right. Unless it was coming from the British black folks, mm-hmm. all of it was techno and bad house.
1: Uh, mm. Not even a
2: good house, the right. bad house. Right. Mm. So it's like the same beat, but it was cheap and you can
1: drink. That Listen. I beat all night. I can But when you're we drunk, drunk but when you're drunk, you drunk that shit <laughs> gets real good too. <laughs> you get drunk real fast if <laughs> you want. Uh. Edgar yes. said he got the videotape. <laughs> Listen, he's got proof. Y'all burned those <laughs> tapes.
4: That was not me, Le- Lisa. I grew up on the border.
1: Did you really? In San Diego?
4: No, El Paso Juarez. What? <gasps> wow. So I went. I went to Juarez. I was a DJ in Mexico. Shut yeah. up. Yeah.
1: What year? What year? We're talking about? This what was
4: you? 1990, ninety one Okay. That was the prime. Yeah. House music. What was, your, was, what, was your, what was your DJ name? Yeah. Where'd you go? I didn't have a DJ yeah. name. I was at that cool <laughs> <So you're> place. <playing. laughs> it was it was and my here, uh, it was my uncle's your things place. things and get and out. It was my uncle's place.
2: Okay, if you could have had a DJ name, what do you would have called yourself? <laughs> oh God, that's a good question. DJ E. DJ E. e. There you go. E is good. <laughs> Wait, was your uncle's Ecstasy. place? Vitamin E. I don't know.
4: <laughs> vitamin
2: DJ E. Vitamin E. Giving you the cure. That's <laughs> it right there.
4: That's <laughs> right. Can't I just be uh, smooth? Okay. <laughs> and it's funny. I played a lot of British stuff. That's all I did. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it.
2: And back in those days, children, you couldn't just get it. You had to like pay a lot of money to get that <coughs> stuff imported over. Right. You had to know somebody over there, first mm-hmm. of all. And luckily for me, being from San Diego, having people who were musicians, um, friends who traveled and did that, you know, you kind of get a little access to that. But it was.
1: It but was see struggled. in ninety ninety
2: one, that struggling. Chicago
1: house was the shit that was going on. Listen, mm-hmm. Frankie Knuckles, yes,
2: bitch, please, yes, <laughs> listen. Have yeah. to have friends go and bring vinyl children mm-hmm. back Crystal in the Waters, day. Rollers, right? all that shit. And then have to, re- with mm. CDs, for, then we have to go rebuy all that shit. Mm-hmm. And then have to rebuy it again to stream. And now they're taking away streaming. You hear about iTunes. What are you doing? they doing? What I miss? day they, they're phasing iTunes and all that what? stuff out.
3: Well, okay, well, they I not, gotta figure out my music. That's like, where I get all my music. Wait, wait, they're not phasing it out, they're just. Splintering iTunes In what way Like what Well so what they, what they Realize is that iTunes kind of Outlived itself As as a singular Platform And it Like back when They bought Beats music Because okay. now cause, cause, Because now You actually go to Apple Music To buy The song, right. So they're, they're getting Rid of the iTunes Player as a As the central Hub And you hmm. use Those other You use it, There'll be Like the The podcast thing Will be its own little Download mm-hmm. The music thing Will be its own They're just Breaking it apart So it's less Weight on your machine. So you have to get a whole other
1: app for those other things? Yeah, or you have to get, have to get yeah. other apps, yeah.
3: Hmm. But you know, I
2: watch Black Mirror, so it's, anything's changed. I try to make it It's more dramatic <laughs> right than it really is. But <clears throat> there we go. Not, <laughs>
3: not, not getting rid of it and getting rid of your music. But that is always a problem with digital. So they go, you know, you know what? That book doesn't need to be published anymore. Chink that song. And next yeah. thing oh. you know, yeah, you might be it. like Universal Chink.
2: or Sony, and then your stuff gets it's in the fire, so and burned. all your yeah, masters are gone. gone.
1: Yeah, you're yeah. done. You're done. And So we got Lisa Bolacaja in the house. Mm-hmm. We got Chris Derrick in the house. Yes. And then we got our man, guest hanging in with us today Edgar Pablos, writer director himself. What a dude. What's up? Pimp Dog. How you doing?
4: I'm so happy to be here again. Yeah, we yeah. yeah,
1: we've been talking about it for a minute.
2: because we've, you know, we, I like talking about music and film. Mm-hmm. And you know my record on choosing Oscar worthy scores. Right. I've been on point for the last 10 years. <laughs> You've been right all the time, right? Like the last five years in general, like I would let you know who's going to get nominated. <laughs> and in the last five years, I've been on point on who was going to win. Just by hearing the first, it was like that, maybe like, okay, y'all might not remember this from like the 70s and 80s. There was a show called Name That Tune mm. where they would play the music. Three notes at only. Three notes only. If you needed more, No you would get more money If you could name and it And less, less notes. notes Yeah
3: It was like five you know, It started like Five or six notes Or something like
2: that could do that again That was good Yeah
1: you, you,
2: you know, <laughs> But some of the music now So chopped up like
1: yeah. Is it Lil DeVol
4: <laughs> Or is get, that Snoop And then getting the rights to it Right Forget it Right and so, yeah, expensive see, and
3: Again back in the day That's before the rights thing Became a right. big thing Oh was it so, Yeah because yes. they, they played on TV man yeah. They put just Putting all, putting all sorts of music right. on I mean it's not as expensive Because they weren't playing Like the But they weren't doing
1: more than. Eight, eight bars Eight no, chords What is
3: it Well yeah Well uh, the notes you say But it's, it's, it's But it's It's not even like The, the performance It's like Someone put on the piano mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Right That's just, just the, just so the a publishing rights Right, right. A publishing rights Which is still shit A lot of money But mm-hmm. yeah
2: And I know in this episode We're going to be talking about Music in general But I have to say this Because I'm prejudiced right. And I have to put it out there <laughs> Some of the best scores have come from horror music. I just said that. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there, putting some respect on horror's name, <laughs> and I'm just letting See y'all what you know. Got into, anyway. I know some yeah. of the That's best the music, music it has come <laughs> from. Listen, you already told you know. And, okay, I take that back. I think I did mess up one time this year mm. because for music because Hereditary did not get nominated. Right. In the show, so I I my record is not. Unblemished as I
1: as
3: <laughs> just said suspecting. it was. I just put that out. <laughs> no, there. I mean, look, look, the, 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 you know, the, uh, people don't realize how important music and sound is to film and mm-hmm. TV, particularly, I mean, particularly film. You know, I mean, and this, these people will tell you all the time, these great directors will say, you know, the movie wasn't alive till I saw it with the music. Right, that's right. And, you know, people would, and it's, it's you know, whether it's, Spielberg or it's Scorsese or Cursaba, they'll say that, you know, 50% of your experience is what you hear when you watch a movie. And a lot of that
1: is what you're doing with the soundtrack. And Mm -hmm. it's either playing it or not playing
3: it, you know. um,
1: Well, let me ask you a question then. How come, maybe they're doing it for different reasons. And a lot of directors like always talk about turning the music off. Mm-hmm. So or turning saying, the sound off, yes, so they can watch it. To I guess they're viewing it oh, cinematically you're as watching opposed
3: the, to you're watch, you watch. You, okay, so when you're editing it and you turn and you turn everything off, is you're watching to see how the cuts work, right? When you know, there's a pacing thing. You a pacing thing you can figure out with when you're with, without any style going. Like how, like, how do these images play just in your head? Like, where's they going? But the vitality of the scene w- like will change with what kind of music you put in.
4: Well, the way I when you turn the music down for me, I grew up in a Spanish-speaking family, mm-hmm. and there are only two types of movies I could take my father to because I'd have to whisper and translate for him. Really? So it was action movies and comedies. Oh yeah. Okay. And so with those, I knew that I didn't. Have to translate. Mm-hmm. So to me, those are the best kinds of movies that are visual. That you that the dialogue isn't the most important thing. That you can, if you spoke a foreign language, right. you can understand what's going up on mm-hmm. the screen.
1: That's all that totally makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, that's one of the reasons why action films they sell so well overseas, like, overseas yeah. because yeah. you just can like. It's just the, it's the image of salt, uh, image of salt, but you just see, I bet everything plays really strongly. That's why certain guys do like, do stuff now, you know, the work is so choppy. It's like, right. it's hard, it's, 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 it's not as effective as action film
1: Let me ask you a question. <clears throat> we just interviewed um, Joe Talbot from The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Chris and him went in for like 10 minutes about sound scores. Mm-hmm. And, because his, the sound, you will love the soundtrack and the sound, it's yeah, fucking amazing. It's really good. really, really um, good. He was talking about, he did something a little different. He said something about he would edit with the editor, send it to the, to the, to the score. To the composer. To the composer. Yeah. What, what was he doing? Yes.
3: Really? I, I want to say what he was doing is, is that he had the luxury of <clears throat> fine-tuning the edit uh, by listening to the score as it was still being written. Hmm. So he was so so. It's not like he was like here's a scene that's like you know it's three minutes long, right. and I want the music to play for those three minutes. Oh but I hear what, the, what you put on there And it kind of made You know Like this moment Actually I, I don't need As much screen time On this guy's shot Because of what your music Is doing So maybe So, so maybe I'm going to cut it down To like I'm going to cut 10 seconds Off this 3 minutes And then he'd be able To go back and forth And the, and the, and the music guy Would kind of change the he, he would he would change The duration of the score hmm. To fit the, the length Of the, 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 the video As it was mm-hmm. playing I mean
1: The, the thing about Because usually You lock it in- and send it to the there's w- right. time There's right. that
3: I mean yeah. right. you know I mean like the, Yeah because those guys I mean there's very 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 few films That are like Wall to wall music right. You know I mean There's all these All these quiet moments You know I mean if Unless you're, you're super fly <laughs> yeah, but you know, but I mean but you know, but you think I mean but but if you pick up an album, a soundtrack album, you know, it's maybe fifty five, maybe an hour of music where the movie's two hours long or maybe or whatever, forty hundred and forty minutes long. I mean it, it it you know, there's so many ways that, that the filmmakers will do the scores to figure out like how they're gonna write it. I mean, I was telling telling Joe that time it's like, you know, that's how Christopher Nolan got um, Hans Zimmer to do the score for Interstellar, you know, because mm-hmm. he had done all the Batman stuff with him, and he had done uh, Inception, and I think he was saying he didn't want to do after he did Superman or Man of Steel, he didn't want to do <clears throat> these bump these big movies anymore, like score wise, or just a little bit of, not the whole thing. But he he talking with Chris Nolan, and then he like said he went to the piano and kind of like, and the main kind of like uh, the main melody of that movie, he kind of like. He's figured out then the piano Before they're even shooting
1: Based on the tone And the way he The, the, the conversation them. they had right. He's like
3: oh What if it was this You know mm-hmm. So there's, there's there's so many ways That filmmakers would do it The composers would do it I mean, You mean you don't know I mean it's it's it Depends who's writing I mm-hmm. mean You know it's the big story About um, You know like uh, John Williams Would always insist upon I I need the score Locked I mean the video locked Before I will score Any of it right. um, But then When he had to do Harry Potter they needed him to do the that that small little jingle of the Harry Potter for the um, for the teaser, mm. and he and the teaser wasn't even shot yet, and he was but the movie was shot, and he was like, I don't know if I want to do this, but you know his his but but he had been reading the books to his his grandchildren, and he was like, I can't not you know yeah. do this, and it was, it was the first time he, had, he composed something just from like a feeling from the books, you mm-hmm. know, which, which for him was like, he was like, that's not, that's not my process. Mm-hmm. So there's just, I, 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 I don't know. It's a fat, to me, it's always an interesting way to work with composers because you step outside of your uh, toolbox mm-hmm. as a storyteller when you're working with a composer because they're helping you tell the story, but they're using um, things that you don't like, typically concern yourself with when you're developing the story. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like the color mm-hmm. of the hair mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. shots or the words or the production design. Like, that's stuff that you never even, that's stuff that, that you can all kind of like put your head around. But you, okay. don't, you can't do it with the music. Yeah. So, and then you second guess it
4: too. Uh, like, going to John Williams and Spielberg, the collaboration of Jaws, Spielberg thought it was gonna be an adventure score. He gave them all these other scores to listen to. And mm-hmm. John Williams was like, no, 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 this is, it's two notes. Two notes And, Ooh, it's and thank that, God that, that's, that Spielberg wouldn't have Thought about And, yeah. and Spielberg gives him Credit for that right. Because it, it elevated The film Because if level. that had
2: gone wrong That movie would not Have been the success <laughs> No way. right Because right. bitch to this day <laughs> You get in, get in the pool Right now oh, yeah. Look Go, go down I can't even get in Go the pool to Venice right. Beach yeah. And have somebody Come up behind <laughs> you And go done it dun it Like look Well let's get into Edgar Because Edgar
1: Okay so, Edgar, let's Good just evening. tell everybody just a little bit about like, who you are and what type of stuff you do and where you're from. Uh, I'm a
4: writer-director. I, I was born and raised in El Paso, Texas. El Paso. Loved movies my whole life. Um, at sixth grade, I remember my older brother coming home from high school saying, you know, he had a college day mm-hmm. and come to me, he came to me and said, there's a place in California where they teach you to make movies, film school. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, and it was a place called USC. Right. And from sixth grade, I knew that that's where I was going mm. and uh, worked my way to get there. It wasn't easy, but I finally got there, graduated. Uh, I did a double major in cinema and religion. Really? Wow. Oh. Yes. Oh. Uh, wow. <laughs> I <laughs> <a classroom. laughs> okay. Uh, I knew that well, the, stories, I Just the stories had to come from somewhere. I knew I was going to need the right to the material. And at that time, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark was my favorite movie. Okay. I mean, it still is. Chris
1: talks about that movie on the top. Uh, okay. And I wanted mm-hmm.
4: to tell those types of stories where they blend in mm-hmm. that type of history uh, with fiction. Mm-hmm. And I loved the way that did it. And uh, I picked religion not. As theology mm. But as literature and history Okay mm-hmm. right. uh, And uh, although I did take some There were some theology courses Part of it But mm-hmm. for the majority of it It was archaeology <clears throat> History Adesiology Optimology
1: that, That's that, cool. that, That's an inter- a <laughs> that's interesting
3: cool. um, uh, way to look at how to use religion. I mean people reference all those stories all the time, but yeah. you know, you got movies like the Da Vinci Code, which right. which which, yeah. which don't exist unless you know the religion. You got like one of my favorite movies and my favorite books, um, The Name of the Rose
4: is right. all about this yeah. like this small It's a great movie. Yeah, I know. Great a score movie. too. Yeah, yeah. 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 James right. Horner. Yeah. Fantastic. James Horner.
3: It's just, you know, and it's like It's a story that, you know, it's religion is dealing with Plato and Aristotle and it's all that kind of stuff that you're like Huh? I mean, it's all stuff that's in our zeitgeist in the Western civilization, but the way he kind of like put it together in in that story, you were like, that is a little beyond me, Mm. and that is why it's fucking dope as shit because Mm. it's not confusing. It all makes sense, mm-hmm. but it only makes sense because we are because we're steeped in that Western, that Judeo-Christian religion. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and the background. fears
4: from it, the fears, yes. the, the fears, specifically the fears, the specifically, really the yes. fears. Yeah. specifically yes. fears, especially in the name of the rose of education and, and and wisdom and what that can and can't do to the masses, yeah. Yeah. and how they have to hide that wisdom. Yeah. Right. They have to hide right. that education from people
2: right. at all costs. You know? Oh man, you're going to
3: watch it again?
4: Yeah.
0: Let
3: me ask. I have the DVD. You should see because it's it's like David like the 13th century or something like that no too. I've seen it it's during um, Inquisition I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. fucking
1: <laughs> let me just ask you guys Scott, just to get this thing rolling sure so what is about sound scores and films that makes it work and and for, for, for both of you mm-hmm. and then I was gonna ask you the same thing in horror so that we can use all those different elements mm-hmm. go ahead guys okay time's uh, up for, okay <laughs> <laughs> for me
4: it's always about what I think cinema is at its core and it's uh it's emotion. Mm-hmm. It's really how to get into our hearts, mm-hmm. really, and what that does. And music is the great vehicle for that to mm-hmm. get in there uh, and make us feel what the characters are feeling. So I always uh, experience films through music.
1: Through now, let me ways. ask you this sure. what was the first song you heard that made you cry, and what hell were you? Do you remember? Uh, <clears throat> I'll tell you that, yes. I do remember the first, it wasn't a score, it
4: was a song, right? Mm -hmm. It was The Coward of the County by Kenny Rogers.
1: interesting.
4: That always got to me because of the story that he was telling about this guy that was branded Mm -hmm. a uh, a, a coward. But it was because he made a promise to his dying father who was being electrocuted in the electric chair for killing another man Mm -hmm. with his fists, right? And so this guy was holding it all in, you know, until they went after Mm -hmm. his... Wife, And then that's where he couldn't be a coward. No so I always, I related to that story a lot as a kid. Mm. Uh, the same with a Little Drummer Boy, okay. uh, Christmas oh, songs like yes. that, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, but the score that got me as a kid, the first one that I really related to was Superman.
3: Mm. Oh, John Williams. John Williams crazy. again. Yeah. Mm. And, and Williams. that
4: to me is his best score of all time. He's mm. done many. But the, th- the different themes that he had in mm-hmm. Superman... Um, which you know, uh, the last Oscar for the in Memor- memoriam section, they used the the uh, leaving home cue from Superman, right. and uh. it's this gorgeous cue, and it, it, I'm just getting chills mm-hmm. just thinking about yeah, it, my, huh? you know. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> like that
1: gooseys, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> that score
4: did it, and that was the movie that made me want to be a filmmaker.
2: Oh, you, when you said that, it reminded me of, and I know it sounds corny, but you know, horror, fanny that kind of stuff. Mm. For me, it's one of my mom's favorite movies besides The Birds. (laughs) 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 Um, Mighty Joe Young and the song Beautiful Dreamer and the little music box that they play for this ginormous monkey to calm him down and make him happy. And I remember being like six and crying. Mm. And my mom's like, why are you so upset? It's like, because that's his little song that that it connected the characters. It connected the theme of the movie. Mm. And I think at six, that was the first time I think music had transcended that, that I kind of understood, you know, you know, like truthfully understood it. Because, you know, when you're a kid, you hear stuff, you don't understand. But it was like that was the first time that I connected. <clears throat> and I think the second time was another movie. But it's I didn't never know the name of it because there's so many famous composers. But it, the name slips to me. But it's the song that they use in Excalibur.
4: Hmm.
2: Oh, dun, dun. Um, What is that? What? That's
4: Carmina Barona. Thank you. you remember but you, call Orf, yeah. Damn yeah. But thousand. it's like,
2: but it's like when those voices start building, <laughs> yeah. and I think when the first time I heard that in um, in school, one of my teachers was teaching us classical music and mm-hmm. teaching us about opera, and there was a film I can't remember, but it used oh God, it must have been from 1958, the film. But it's that buildup of the voices, dun, 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 and as the voices are rising, dun, and they go, dun. Dun. literally yeah. the hairs. Yeah. I remember sitting there going, "Oh my god," and getting mm-hmm. weepy because, like, you could feel it. Mm-hmm. And besides Michael Jackson, <laughs> <You know? laughs> but it was like in terms of cinema, those you just, that was just such a great question for you. To sit there and realize it as a child with cinema and film and connecting those two things.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's right. a great use of it for mm-hmm. Excalibur. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh yeah, fantastic! F- 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 yeah. f- yeah, I mean,
3: of it, I mean, right? I, re- I remember I see that movie a bunch as a kid. I loved it as a kid, mm-hmm. and then later on, I studied opera. A big opera fan, um, and I was like, "Oh, this is where this is from. Like, yeah. this
4: is what you know." Right. That's when you it's, discover it's, music. Uses, I yes. discovered music it's, through it's, cinema. Yeah, yes. you know, yeah.
3: I mean, it, it's, I, it, the first time I cried in a movie. I think was um, it was in Star Wars. Really? In Star Wars It's after And I noticed It's it it after Ben Kenobi <laughs> got, got killed mm-hmm. And they've just Escaped the Death Star mm-hmm. And there's this Music cue This minor key cue That John Williams Is doing mm-hmm. When like, like Luke is like Kind of like He's he's he's, he's leaning Against the chessboard And he's just yeah. sad mm-hmm. and, it's just, and it's just He's so these soft horns Is playing and, just, mm-hmm. and it's just and, it, and it's just The look in his face And it's like And he's just like um, His line is like I can't Yeah I can't believe He's gone Yeah yeah I can't believe He's gone And it's just this look, and, it's, and you know And then it's so fascinating Because then What What Williams and Lucas doing that is this is really like melony, melancholy fucking score mm-hmm. and and he's like really down and then Solo comes up and, and he's like kid it's not over yet yeah. and, and 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 they have to go to those guns through the gun ports mm-hmm. and the way the score transitions to the to, it goes to those horns to these pianos mm-hmm. it's just
1: like dude it's a what great the fuck? It's, yeah. it's a great transition
3: it's so good I was like goddamn dude like that's, <laughs> it's 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 still one of my favorite moments in his scores I mean I love so when I mean, music <laughs> in particular because he he's one of those guys who his like the music is telling a story. And mm-hmm. most film in most composers the music is just a music cue that's doing something emotional. Mm-hmm. But his scores do they tell story like they're beginning middle of end like dramatic arc in the music. Yes. Like if you go back and listen to like you know like the Imperial March which is not in the first Star Wars. It's Correct. in. It first comes up in an uh, Empire, in Empire. Empire. Mm-hmm. and it's interesting because because <coughs> you think the first time you hear it is when you see Vader. You come in behind. You're outside. You see behind Vader's skull, and he starts turning around. You think you start hearing it there because that's the full orchestra there, mm. but you actually hear it right in the beginning. Right when the the probe like the the probe comes out and, this, and they're sending all these probes out and it's and it's only being played by like a piccolo or something like that, but it's the Imperial Mars. It's real quiet because it's only
1: just Jenny Piccolo from.
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so fascinating, and, 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 you know. And you say to yourself, you listen to it, and it doesn't have the horror. Connected to it yet, right. but because he's because it's not what's happening is not is supposed to scare you yet. But he's kind of like he's build planting it, yeah. the seed, mm-hmm. but you know he's mm-hmm. priming the pump because yes. when you hear that sound, sound again later, yeah. very, like they're layering, you. they it's are like, drawing, you. drawing you. you in. You know what I mean? There's mm-hmm. That I mean, there's like the, the thing I love about like in Raiders, like the like the Raiders Marsh, which comes at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like they're pushing the in the, the the end at the with all the shit in the the putting the arc in that big warehouse. That it's like he does this thing where he starts on a minor chord because he's he's because it plays what it plays Jones's journey through the movie, it's mm-hmm. always up. Down He's down And goes up And then comes It's just yeah. Yeah. Rising as, it feels, It's like he's climbing A mountain With the score Because Jones's character yeah. Is climbing Has setbacks Climbing has setbacks And the score Like follows that mm-hmm. And that's fucking genius mm-hmm. And it's just like I mean there's guys Who do that I mean a lot, we just Mentioned James Horner I mean like This is a really great James Horner Piece for um uh I, I always remember this too Because I loved this movie is one of my favorite movies As a kid I still love it now It's uh, <laughs> The Great Train Robbery Alright and, yeah. and and the score at the end When he like When he when he's like Where he's pulled the con off Because they yeah. do a really Have you seen the movie It's a like great con At the end You're like Oh shit And it's this really exciting Like adventure score mm-hmm. And just like And it just And when I hear it now It just, it just brings a smile To my face mm-hmm. and it's like It brings me back To being a kid And yeah, it's just the emotion That's it That's, that's a emotional time you know. So how
1: So how Sorry Okay, i will to okay, tell you no. mine. Oh, like, go, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. please. Do you yeah. mind? Go <laughs> ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Don't forget your thought. Don't forget no, your no, thought. No, I was going to jump back Mine might be a little corny, but... No, no. It, it moved me. Oh. <laughs> go, go, man. Um, my favorite movie of all time is West Side Story. Nice. Which I'm personally not happy they're redoing it. Okay. Because you just can't touch that cast, right? right? hmm And the way it was, its Jerome Robbins, I'm like, come on, you guys. Anyway. <laughs> I know. I so, can't. so there are two times when I cried that I remember when I was twelve years old. One it was when I first heard Sylvester saying, "You are my friend." Yes, live, right? The other time is watching West Side Story when Maria sings "Tonight" with Tony. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a great. It's a it just because they do, do it, We do it a cappella, and they do it with the full orchestra, mm-hmm. and it just always brought me to tears. And two years later, I did it. I did it at the Professional Children's Theater, and every night. Mm-hmm we would have the same moment for six months and I would be bawling. It's Leonard Bernstein, man. Leonard. It's it's
3: fantastic.
1: I mean, I I know. I I I Uh, uh, I think that Leonard Bernstein,
3: he's underrated as a composer um, because his music was so... Fantastic for Broadway Yeah And because Broadway Doesn't have the same Kind of like Punch that it does now I mean mm-hmm. You know Like it was so big In the 50s and 40s mm-hmm. and It's not that way now So I, I think That we don't know His music The same way That we should right. But that West Side score That score is amazing That White song like, We
1: still never got it To watch it at I the know, house I know We, we didn't watch it the That
3: <laughs> Like that mm-hmm. It's I mean Is it is that Rita Moreno saying yes. that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, it's like, it's it's like she embodies this kind of like. I'm sorry, you need to say queen,
1: <laughs> <laughs> like dame, uh, okay? Like yes. d- d- uh, queen Rita Moreno. When you <laughs> say Rita's name, <laughs> to put queen, she, yeah, of it. It. put your present respect. Yeah, on thank you. It. <laughs> uh, she like
3: embodies this this uh, like in that scene. It's like, like there's something she creates. On screen, and that is so rare for people to be able to do because she's because she creates this innocence. You know that you know is is getting ready to be broken, right. and it's like and she it's foreshadowed in how she's singing it, but not necessarily in her performance as a character. And I think it's just amazing what they do. I mean, I, can, I mean, like Bernstein, his score for for On the Waterfront is also fucking amazing. Right. He just so many fucking great scores that I feel that today also that kind of like heavy orchestral score is not. It's 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 way out of vogue, right. mm-hmm. But I think it's fantastic
4: because I wish they would come back. I wish mm-hmm. they would come back. Right. So, I, I miss melodies. I miss yeah. themes. I miss all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Not just tone. I right. want I want themes. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, mean, I,
3: I kind of feel like two things. Like one, I remember like four or five years ago, there was this thing on on Facebook where these kids were playing um Zeppelin, mm-hmm. Not like eight or nine or so like that. They're just like, well, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? And a lot of kids like this stuff, but I remember these, but these two kids were saying, they play real instruments. I don't like to playing real instruments. What? And I was like, is that how kids are growing up now? See, that they don't cool. like real instruments. But then I think about... Wow. So, I'm it's telling funny. you. It's but, all your fault. See, but I think about <clears throat> the music because...
1: You know, They have their the little bass uh, machine. Stop it! Yeah, machines. they think yeah. you know
3: it's kind of Eight oh eight, like but see, the, stop it. Here's interesting. There's a really um, so the Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross soundtrack for Social Network yeah. is really fascinating mm. because they try to do these melodies and stuff like that. But there's a really really great version of. Um, like uh, "Night at Bald Mountain" or something like that. Oh, right! Yeah, in, in it, the sequence with yeah, the, the sequence, rowing. Yeah, the game. rowing. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 he's taking this classical piece and he's reinterpreted it with this with the Trent Reznor, that Nine Inch Nails kind of like voice to it, mm-hmm. and it's fascinating because you're like, oh, I know this. But I don't know it because you've mm-hmm. done it in a way that is it's fresh enough for me to hear right. and i would be kind of interesting to see if other people did it because we were talking earlier about how Kubrick does this all the time. He just takes these very amazing scores that someone had written go the eighteenth and nineteenth century and said, "How does this work now? How can it work today?" But mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, but if you did it with an electronic score, you might get something interesting that that, mm-hmm. that you could play this these full mm-hmm. pieces of music mm-hmm. without having to like have mm-hmm. a whole you know, there. Yeah.
2: So Edgar, yes, <clears throat> cinema, religion, mm-hmm. DJ, right? <laughs> how <laughs> does that come to you? Become deciding at you know I want to do music and film besides directing and writing all that stuff. How does that that coalesce in your brain? Like this is what I want to do because I think as we said as you're, you're listening, music is such a huge component to film. Mm-hmm. How did that? You know, translate I, for you to like. This is what I want to do. I,
4: I, I don't write music. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. That's not the talent I had. But I was in uh, band in school. Mm-hmm. So from sixth grade till my. So you can reading. So I music, could read music. Right. Uh, up until my f- sophomore year at USC, mm-hmm. I played an instrument. I haven't since, uh, and music has always been in my life. Um, and that's where I learned. I mean, my dad had this collection of classical records. And I would put them on, I would listen to it. And I was like, oh, my God, that's the theme from this movie. Mm-hmm. And then I heard this from this movie. And going about classical themes, Jerry Fielding did this in the Bad News Bears, he would use Carmen hmm. uh, or the Tchaikovsky 1812 overture, right. and really used it that's effectively right. Right. to highlight these little kids playing baseball. Mm-hmm. And it was wonderful. Yeah. So you have the, this interpretation <clears throat> from great composers of the past, and they have a new interpretation of today, so to answer your question, I, it it, it it's it's married to me. Mm-hmm. So music and cinema is married, mm-hmm. and um, the the videos that I do today to make uh, to pay the bills, I'm doing the same thing where you're you're you telling do documentaries. I do you documentaries do. where you have to you do the temp track and right. the temp track. I know composers don't like t- to do it, and I try not to do it to the composers I work with, but um, I use a lot of the temp tracks to voice.
1: Right. You gotta get I the tone, think, yeah, get a tone yeah, right, yeah. so that
4: you can you you can <clears throat> express it that right. way, and and that's always been helpful. That where you paint the story through music, mm-hmm. because that's where the emotion's going to come in, and that you have to have the emotion at the right time mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, uh, but religion, uh, it, it, that was just really I wanted. I knew that the stories had to come from somewhere, mm-hmm. and we tell this the greatest story ever told. From the different perspective, different religions—they all have similar stories. Like everyone has the flood story. Mm -hmm. So you knew that that we are our primal uh, need is to tell stories Mm -hmm. and to hear stories. Mm -hmm. You know that my production company's name is Tribesman Pictures because we're gathered around the campfire to tell those stories to pass it down from generation to generation. And out of one comes many, mm-hmm. you know, and it only takes that one storyteller to really stir something mm-hmm. in you and make you go off in your own directions. Mm-hmm. And that's what these great directors, composers did for me
1: as a mm-hmm. kid. Well, it's funny you say that because I always think of the storyteller almost like the preacher. Yes. You know what I mean? Right. Well, they oh. have the power to make you believe right. that make you change yourself. That's opera. Yourself, right? Religion right.
4: is opera. Right. A priest in a Catholic ceremony. That's opera,
1: mm-hmm.
4: and you look at the directors like Francis Ford Coppola that uses that opera so effectively in his mm-hmm. films. Um, yes, absolutely, and I know my Catholic upbringing had a I lot see. to do <laughs> with it. it. Says Coppa
3: too <laughs> yeah, Catholic right. upbringing. yeah, right. yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, there's a there's a really love. A, I love this one uh, podcast. I think it's called like the Aria Code. Mm-hmm. There's maybe like eight ten episodes, and, and they just take a famous. Uh, a, f- a famous song from an opera, and just kind of break it down, like in, like intellectually. Like they get like, and they break it down where they get like like. Ac- there's people who are singers, like like opera singers, to talk about what this song means, or okay. people who are like cultural re- relevant too. I can talk about Carmen. Mm-hmm. They're talking <laughs> about um, uh, there was like a woman who's a former sex worker who's talking <laughs> about what it means because it's like there's this level of like uh, uh, there's this level of like melding the story. With the lyric- with the like, the, like, the, like, the, like the lyrics with the sound that way to tell the story mm-hmm. is what opera really is, and and it, and it's so heightened in its in its, uh, its presentation. I mean, like, it's 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 sad that the that opera has got such a weird kind of um. Well, we got the new pavarotti pavarotti but Yeah, I mean, it's it's got a weird kind of uh sense of being like snobbish type of music, but I, but I always feel like you know some of the great. Hip-hop movies when it originally came out, even stuff like "break-in" mm-hmm. and stuff like that are actually operas. Because what's happened Because the
1: story is Well West Side Story Is kind yeah, of totally The
3: story is like it was, It's for all musicals mm-hmm. and it's a, I mean it's like The story is be, Is hinging on What's happening In the music Like that yeah. scene in, in Breaking When he's dancing With the uh, with the broom It's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Oh <sighs> y- y- Yeah It's like I'm That's fascinating Because Come on craft I mean, yes. Okay yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things Where it's like That's Music that's happening, like Ed, said he
1: wants some value, Chris. No, I'm, come on. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I get it. It's it's happening there inside the
3: movie, but it's also outside the movie too. Yeah, and that's where, and that's kind of where opera kind of has this weird kind of the way it does both, right. you know. And that's I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, there's there's ways to do it. To use music that way More powerfully And I think that I think nowadays People are afraid to I mean it's harder now Obviously because But well, we're, yes. we're
4: too cynical Yeah We're too cynical We don't want to go yeah. there yeah. You know And that's the that's Well it's,
3: that's true Because it's, you know what It's so fucked up Because it's like People hate to express Their emotions yeah. mm-hmm. But it's like That's the main reason Why we go to the movies It's the main reason Why we like, these, we like this music It's because yeah. we want to have this emotional experience we, we
1: talk about that You know People always ask me Like I'm on a lot of panels They're like Why do you Why do you write And I said Do you ever go to a movie You come out crying Laughing You know whatever I said, That's why I write yeah. For that moment That's right I want to give you that moment mm-hmm. Like every time I go see a movie That I love Like we were talking about The last Black Man and I walked out of there going That's why I make movies Right mm-hmm. there Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean right. I want that shit Right, right there right. Absolutely yes. right. And
4: And right. I always think of that little boy in me that mm-hmm. watching those movies growing up learning the language cuz english was not my first language right. and and learning the american well, he's system. so well spoken, though, isn't it? <laughs>
1: Thanks, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when white people say that. I know. Right?
4: <laughs> or like, you're from Texas. You don't sound Texan. You
2: ain't got that <laughs> twang. You got that okay. twang. I'm not white from that Texas. L- That's why. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: but yeah, always that was my yeah. motivation. I, my two motivation is that little boy, and then my father. Mm. How am I going to be able to tell that story so my father and mother can understand it? Mm-hmm. You know, without the you know too much dialogue, so they get lost in the.
2: Well, let's get into your filmmaking. Let's talk about some of the projects and things. I'm really curious, like... Someone who appreciates talk, talk music. Talk about
1: some of the docs and stuff you've made, yeah. or what are you doing now? Or what's going on? Uh,
4: well, I have a writing partner. We've mm. been developing these scripts for years, and you know, I'm, I'm waiting for this industry to catch up with us. <laughs> I mean, that's Say what, it. Uh, that's the, that's, that's the honest truth. Because <laughs> Say it. I mean, I had this project for years that it was a, a, a 16 candles type story, mm. but for Latinos and the Latinos It's time.
1: You know, Listen, it's and, time. and
4: I want yes. I love John Hughes so much, mm-hmm. and I wanted to tell that perspective. Right. And uh, I wanted to tell a quinceañera story. And when when you oh, when you dope. when you, uh, when you go to a, ready for it when you go I to a studio ready. executive, you know, they, they a they can't pronounce it. They don't know how to sell it, and it's that's why we need people of color in those green light situations where they have the power to green light but a movie.
2: But here's the irony, though, and you get this put because we get this mm-hmm. in the science fiction writing, fantasy writing right. community. We've seen those stories already. Right? Exactly. <laughs> But you haven't seen our version exactly. Right Of that story mm, That's right. true And see, well, a lot of the you're Talking true. about 16 Candles People are like Well we've already seen it You haven't seen This version. A quinceañera no. Latino it's, it's, version
4: it's, 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 yeah. We
3: were saying this In the last episode It's the nuances
4: of Thank this. you it's, it's, well, Going back to Francis Ford Coppola And The Godfather mm-hmm. The reason The Godfather Was great And Robert Evans The producer Talks about it That you know All the mob movies Before that Were not made by Italian Americans Right He uh, wanted an Italian American To tell the story yeah. And, and <clears throat> when I saw The Godfather I thought they were it, it was my family In many cases right. The way they spoke The way they kissed each other The way they hugged The way the, they celebrated the way they, the, the, the you, the food, you know time favorite Everything the,
3: the, 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 Well that's exactly I mean yeah Just a great great point About the Godfather and Coppola And everything And it's I mean it's why he fought so hard I mean they were really Pushing hard Pushing hard to have Robert Redford be Michael Corleone Bitch. And, Ryan O'Neill. Yeah. and Ryan Yeah And Ryan O'Neal, I remember I like, really? that. When you what? see the documentary, yes. So, see, so, yes. So, a lot uh, of bad yeah, choices. I mean, but, I mean, I, I mean, I I mean it's it. a it's a bad choice in retrospect, but 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 in their minds, it's like, he just came off of Bush Cassidy. Right. Blah, business the business thing side of the like, like business. business. Yeah, sizes, yeah. yeah. but yeah. Coppola was like, no, no. And, th- and the thing is that he kind of gambled it because he was
1: like, look. Was, that, could- was Al Pacino anybody at that time? No. no, no. They, so they didn't want, they didn't want he him. He was doing they plays. They did not
3: want him. They, they did, did not, not want him. Al Pacino. And there's there a big battle because, I mean, I don't know how he did this. because An Italian. Yeah. The thing about that is they didn't want Brando. And he fought so hard for Brando that he was like, I blew my wad on Azzy for cast just to get Brando. So I don't know if I can get Pacino and these other people. He was very, very like, he was like, what am I going to do? And even with Brando, he, he had a screen test Brando. You know To get the people to believe Because he hadn't done a movie In the States in a while mm-hmm. And they were like What the fuck's wrong with and this his, dude And his, his reputation, was, was, really reputation yeah. was bad His reputation was really bad yeah. really, And yeah. really um, But it's true I mean it, 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 You know what I say About this is what you think About your kids and everything This is why It's like I say this I tell people this last year When I saw Lady
4: Bird mm-hmm. mm, I love that it, movie that People
3: were like well, I, well we've seen these Coming of age dramas I was like I haven't seen A coming of age drama About, about a girl Written and directed by a girl. Right. Mm-hmm. And it right. made it different. Changes the perspective. It's it does. just like this right. it probably probably only four scenes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, four scenes on the top of my head kind of popped off like, oh, I've never seen that perspective of this. Mm-hmm. I know this story. But 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 four scenes is enough to make the movie feel different, I completely guess. different. Absolutely yeah. agree. And that's why, you know, like there's an article, I just put this in the show notes. There's an article, um, Maybe a month or two ago I need to look this up Where Joe Carnahan Mm -hmm. You know who directed um, A-Team And Mm -hmm. and NARC And stuff like that The Grey The Grey He had a He A good friend of his Was a, a He was a Um he was he a was Latino mm-hmm. stunt stunt guy mm-hmm. And the guys like Had this terrible, terrible life Like kids getting His kids getting killed And miscarriages All this kind, of kind of crazy stuff And he wrote this story He wrote this superhero This this Latino superhero story mm-hmm. All set in like East LA and, and Carnahan was like I'm gonna make this for you I'm gonna make this for you Make this for you And he was like and they had the hardest time getting everyone to like get, get behind it, mm-hmm. and he was and he was like and, and they only got it to get greenlit <coughs> after Black Panther came out, oh. but it was but it but it, but he was pushing at least a year before Black Panther mm-hmm. was even talked about, yeah. and he was like you know he said the biggest thing was it was like is story heroes all the time it's like you know the characters were the the characters were. Black and Latino only And he was like and, he, and even all the cops Are black and Latino And they, and they were like well, Where ma- can white people Get of in here they, yeah. That's what he was saying <laughs> He was saying well, where, 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 Can't the cops be white And blah 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 He was like no Because white cops Don't want to go Into the fucking barrio <laughs> So you don't know want to put <laughs> and, I, and I was like That's a good point yeah. It's true It's a good yeah. point. And yeah. it's like You know what And, it, and it, it makes it different mm-hmm, Because it you know a, 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 Like a white cop Walking up to a To do some Some recalcitrant Latinos mm-hmm. There's a different kind of
1: way they're interacting. does that mean Cholo? What the fuck is that? (laughs)
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Count so you train. know, but this is different than if it's a Latin guy, you words? know. It's, it's uh, the it's mofo's Google shit
0: <laughs> just to
2: get through the podcast. What? All right, press pause. Google
4: <laughs> <Lettison>. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying.
0: I just you know
3: what? I didn't want to say gangbangers. I didn't want to say cholo. I, couldn't I understand. The end. So
1: done? so uh, I'm so, from there. I'ma say it. Okay, okay. So,
3: like, y'all can say that. Um, but it's just but it's just the the behavior is different. I just I remember that little there was a little scene in um straight out compton mm-hmm. when when they decide to write fuck the police right and there's that black, the black cop, cop. Is fucking with the him.
1: worst dude know, it's, the, it's the yeah. worst dude
3: and it's like yeah. that yeah. scene mm. has way more right. kind of like yeah. uh, cultural weight to it right. than it just a white mm. cop fucking with you right.
1: you know and i think that's where what's funny though because you've seen in a lot of the videos it's the it's the hispanic cop who's fucking with them a lot. Mm, so yeah. it's, well, the yeah, it's, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. It's the
2: idea of being systemic. That's right. systemic. They can right. be part of that system too. The,
4: yeah. One of the other scripts we wrote is a, a border patrol story. Ooh. And Ooh. so the border patrol is interesting that the Latino border patrol guys are worse I Latinos. I believe, Latinos it. I believe, then it. I believe then it. Listen, yeah. the coming through, TJ. So, come
1: on. Yes. I mean that's
4: that's the sad truth. But yeah. But it, 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 I don't know where it stems from. If it's a uh, you know having to prove something or you it know is. or that you you have to get in line like everyone else and yeah. that kind of attitude mm-hmm.
3: is that It's like like I had did I was, was Wait, some, and this script is done. It's ready oh, yeah. to go. Yeah. Yeah. It's time. This yeah. is yeah. this, is, time this time. is heat on the board. what's crazy is is that you know I want to see that. because this. Kind of like, you know, the last. This is probably Netflix is they have the numbers on this, but Netflix has put up like three or four of these kind of shows or these movie projects. There's like All the Girls I Loved Before, mm-hmm. and there's um, what's, what's the one about oh, Kim's Convenience, and the new thing with um. Ali Wong. That, won, that was know, a fantastic it. movie. So, have yeah, you guys
2: I, I seen it? it. It's it. amazing. It. It sort of I don't stick. know who she got the money to be like. She's like, I'm, I'm going to kiss all the Asian guys, right. and even the partially Asian with <laughs> <the> piano. <laughs> yeah. I was mad. She didn't have permission to Speaking have my that, husband in there. I also, want to see
1: Papi Chulo that looks interesting. Have you seen the video, the commercial, on that? Wait, wait, there's Papi a- Chulo? What? Isn't there already a movie called Puppy? I Ch- thought movie, there was a new movie called Puppy. But wasn't there one? It's, couple about, years a gang? It a it's about a gay guy. It's about a gay guy who goes. Oh, this is a different
4: up. one. I was thinking of that terrible twentieth no, century Fox movie. This is a new one. one. Yeah. <laughs> you said it. Yeah, not.
3: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah see, okay. No, but, but we'll talk about this, but, right? I'm, but I'm curious because I said to myself, okay, I, so there's like four or five of these. I'm not saying they don't deserve it either, but there's four or five of these these high profile kind of you know like Asian <clears throat> these Asian films, and it's great that we're seeing that, but it's like. But where's the Latino right, stuff? Where's right. the Latino films? Because Sixteen Candles is like a, is like a slice of Americana in a way that I want to see that as it's kind of it's viewed through the lens of of Latino.
4: And films. it's different Latino because not to take anything away from people growing up in East L.A., that experience was not the way I grew up in El Paso. Right. It's a completely different.
2: Because what's the other John Hughes film besides Sixteen Candles? The one that had
4: Ducky. Pretty, oh, pretty yeah.
2: okay. impede. Not saying that we got to like take white people's movies and like color them <laughs> up, but in turn, I'm thinking El uh, Paso. I'm thinking of a couple places in Texas. Um, cause, you know, I have family mm-hmm. Dallas and Fort Worth, and just the different types of Latino communities. Like, I would love to see, you know. A pretty in pink Mm -hmm. with the different classes.
4: Right, because that's the big issue in Mexico. It's it's not a race issue, it's a class issue. Yeah, a
3: class is huge, and
4: we don't get to see that. It'd be
2: It'd be cool to see that. that. It'd be cool to see
4: that. What's the movie with two robbers? Josh, get over here. Wait, hold on, hold on. We get to stop before I forget it.
2: Come back, we're going to come back to you.
4: Hold on. Well, we have another script uh, that we did that addresses that that dynamic between Mexican-American versus Mexican and how the Mexican culture sometimes puts down the Mexican-American culture because you don't Mm. speak English. pochos. Uh, pochos. that's Mm -hmm. exactly right. You don't speak Spanish well or you weren't educated enough in Mexico. So you have that dynamic. And we did a, there it is, we did another script, a a (laughs) bullfighting script. It's like the Karate Kid said to the world of bullfighting. Oh, cool. uh, Where you have that dynamic, the (laughs) dynamic of this, kid who grew up in the United States does not speak a word of Spanish, mm. and yet he has to be in the ring in Mexico and learn his culture again through that world.
3: Oh, my God. I want to see that because there was a the movie that was- No uh, bulls were hurt. During making <laughs> well, that's just it. We, we
4: addressed that because that, I never grew up watching <clears throat> bullfights. We addressed it in a way that it, 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 it's cultural, and as we know, uh, logic- is cultural yes, we have mm-hmm. to understand that whatever a culture thinks is true to them that's what it is and that's mm-hmm. logical to them not logical to us mm-hmm. but if you go outside that and look in and see what is the beauty around it why is it the way it is in their culture then you have a little bit of, of a better way of understanding that right. and even though i do, do not like bullfighting mm-hmm. i appreciated uh everything that went into that and it's catholic I bet it goes back and to the, the olden days, the opera. It's opera, mm-hmm. but it goes back to what people understand with "ole." When people are saying "ole," mm-hmm. when the, the cape goes "ole," mm-hmm. that goes back to the mm-hmm. Moors. That's Allah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a way that, that when you see something that's spectacular, when Look you're it, dancing with game. death, Look at when, it. when you're Go dancing ahead, with, come on, when you're you're dancing, yeah, when you're dancing with death, Allah. When you you're dancing with death and you're seeing this, you're seeing a gateway to the divine. Hmm. And that's what people are when they see something like that, they see ole. That's Allah. That is God. That hmm. is beauty. And wow. uh, and it's not a sport. You know, it's it's a dance. It's a performance. The same thing with flamencos. Right. You know, you're <laughs> seeing the 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 muse come out. They call it duende. They call mm. it that. That that there's something spectacular between the performer and the audience member. That there's a connection, electricity that comes out when you see a divine performance like that, and you.
2: And I think with your background and studying religion. <clears throat> mm-hmm. In your writing, it sounds like the stuff you you have that like that kind of moral that th- you just have that thing that's going to be a very unique and different to the storytelling that you're doing. Right. Because we, we talk yeah. about having their different voices, and for you having that background and bringing it to your work, that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, you guys should be selling shit.
4: Right
1: I'm telling now. you. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm trying to tell Netflix you right now. Netflix should buy the 16 Candles thing <laughs> right now.
4: So, if anyone listening, the class, right <laughs> right <now. laughs> Please. yes, up, nice. you know what I mean. I mean, it's, I
3: mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like I. I've you know, there's always been, a, there's always something interesting about you know these films from Mexico that come out. The class struggle, I I always think those movies are there's, it's like they're so close to us, but they're so far away. Mm-hmm. And they always and they always present these kind of like stories that tell me something about. I mean, they're so real to me in mm-hmm. a sense. I mean, there's just I they, they, was the movie that. The guy, you know, the guy who did True Detective first season. The guy, he did a
4: movie. Oh, Kerry Fukunawa, Sin Nombre. Sin Nombre. That was amazing. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Talk about real movie. Talk about real movie. That I was
3: like, wow. I mean, it's like you stop, you stop, and have to. You just have to wonder so much about Mm -hmm. what's going on that you don't know, and and that's such an amazing movie.
4: It's a humbling experience. I mean, growing up in the border. I'm on this side of the border, on this, this side of the fence in El Paso, mm-hmm. looking over to a third world country in the wait, extreme wait, wait, wait. poverty. Think
1: I know a fence up and not, no gate? You
4: know? <laughs> there is a fence now. <laughs> but not when I was growing there up, no there wall, was a... Okay, is? it's just the water, right? It's just, it's just and there was. Plant. Back when I was it's growing it's, up, it was just the Rio Grande. Yeah. But now there is a fence. Uh, well, but you, you say they,
1: they built half the wall, didn't they? It, it was already there. Bush did it.
4: But you're staring across... The river, Hmm. and you're seeing people that are your age that look like you, Mm -hmm. and wishing to God they have had what you have. And so it sobered me as a young Mm -hmm. kid. And my parents actually worked in Juarez; they didn't work in El Paso. They They would go over Mm -hmm. over the line every day to work Hmm. while we studied here in the states. Interesting, you know. But uh, there was a three year period when my father became the director of the juvenile detention center in Hmm. Juarez. Mm. And he would take us every weekend to see kids. I was seven years old, like mm. seven-year-old people, kids arrested for pick, pickpocketing. Really, and and I would open the drawer and see <clears throat> all the weapons that he would confiscate out of these little kids. Wow. And then I mean, it sobered me up thinking, oh my God, these these kids don't have a home; mm-hmm. they don't have parents, and this is where they ended up. Yeah. You know, thank God my father treated them with dignity and respect so much. There's a great story that years later after he. Um, he finished that, that duty, he was coming out of his office and his car wouldn't start and he opened the hood and his battery is gone.
1: And one of the kids that used to be
4: in the detention centers, is that your car? Is that your car? He's I know the guy who took it. That's and hilarious. he ran after him and grabbed the battery and put it back for my father. You know? Wow. And your dad's like, Hmm. Thank you. You know what?
2: I want my gas back. <laughs>
1: Where are my tires? I got the battery.
2: Where's that $5 gas I had?
1: <laughs> Jesus. Like, wow, yeah. isn't this
2: beautiful? Yeah. Power, power.
1: Roll them up. Yeah, roll now, them as, up. As a, now, as a
2: filmmaker, just so I just want to know it's like, what? Hmm.
4: What about the what, docs? What about the yeah, docs? The doc- yeah, the Document I do two kinds of documentaries. The, the, the one that um, I feel really proud about is the ones mm. I do for attorneys. We mm. do mediation documentaries. Mm. How does that work? And it works that um, we tell the plaintiff's story during medi- med- uh, mediation. Mm. So that means it's not in front of a jury, but you're basically showing the cards to the other side saying, if we go to court, mm. we're going to tell this story. Oh. Do you want to go to court? And what you really want is for them to settle out of court so the plaintiff can get on with their lives. And it doesn't...
1: So is, it, know, is it a way to show the...
4: The wrongdoing.
1: Oh, the wrong side. Yes. I mean, basically, oh.
4: uh, in our cases, it's always been for the plaintiff. I've never done... um defense, the, other, the defense. Yeah, right? yeah the okay. defense, because, you know... Uh, so these, basically,
1: y'all going, we got papers. <laughs> exactly. Pretty much. I call these
4: little little Aaron Brockovich stories. Mm-hmm. Um, you are saying, yes. this is what we got. Yes. Are you sure you want to go to court with a jury with wow. this? Wow. Okay. And they've been very effective because you're using cinematic ways to tell mm-hmm. a story and to persuade this, the team, like, this is, the, this is what your client did that was wrong. This is how our client was affected by that. Right. You got to do what's right. Mm-hmm. And mm. that's what these documentaries show. You go to
1: was, court and let the. Jury so how long? And then like, uh, are they as long as you yeah. need them to be? Or In or some cases,
4: they? they vary, but the average length is thirty minutes. Oh, they're not long. Oh. Yeah, they're thirty okay. minutes to tell the story properly within. Because you have to have you have to back it up with investigators. You have right. to back it up with witnesses okay. and you're, and, the, and the and the story of the plaintiff. It could be one plaintiff. It could be many. Okay. Uh, and uh, they've been little, very mini, movies.
1: They're 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 little movies. mini movies. They're little
4: mini movies, and you know you can brag about it that you mm. know one screening. <laughs> In front of a mediator, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and a lot of these videos per one screening grossed millions of dollars.
1: You know, oh, you know one nice. one screen per average, right?
4: Nice. right? Mm-hmm. You know, and they've been that's effective. Like, nice. the, the first one we did, right. I can say, grossed over thirteen million dollars. Wow. You know, in one screening, <laughs> in one viewing. <laughs> mm-hmm. The other one, twenty million. You know, and <laughs> wow. it, goes, it goes up. Wow. You know, <laughs> right. Right. And, right. and so, but, but you're telling a story that is going to help people, right. not corporations. Mm-hmm. You're helping people that were wronged by a corporation mm-hmm. in many cases, and it's and it's humbling to see. These people suffering and th- th- spilling their guts to tell you their story so they can someone can hear it and listen and mm-hmm. then fight for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are the docs that I'm really. How much about. time
1: do they usually give you to make that? Because I'm assuming you guys got to do just as much research. You Absolutely.
4: Know? You're working with the attorneys <clears throat> because there's a lot of stuff that you can and cannot do. Right. And so you're, you're working closely with the attorneys. I write a script. Mm-hmm. Based on the story that the plaintiff has, I, I go. I st- send that off to the attorneys. They check up on this, and they're there when we're interviewing uh, their clients. Yeah. You know, and um, so it's all on the up and up because they can. The other side can order you to turn off, turn over all your raw footage to make sure that it yeah. wasn't manipulated, that it wasn't that you were coaxing them, things like that. So you have to be mm-hmm. very careful. Uh, to tell that story,
1: mm-hmm.
4: you know, and we've been very effective with that.
1: Okay. What's, the, what's the other type of the other stuff of
4: stuff we do for <laughs> uh, organization, nonprofits, and civil rights organizations? So, uh, the, a lot of their money comes from fundraising and mm-hmm. galas. Right. So, in these galas, they honor civic leaders, mm-hmm. and then they hire us to tell that story of that civic leader that they're honoring, so that when they pick up the award, people know why they're being mm-hmm. awarded, mm-hmm. Uh, honored. And so our, It's the time are,
1: it showed that night. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So they're like five-minute
4: little mini-docs right. of that right. person's story so you can tell why they're being honored. Right. This last week, we just finished doing one for the Teleco Education Foundation. This is great organization out of East L.A. that they raise money for. Um, Scholarships for Latino kids hmm. uh, they've been going at it for thirty plus years wow. uh, they were addressing the the dropout rate among Latinos in high school mm-hmm. so now they 've developed this pipeline where they take kids from junior high all the way to graduate school mm. wow. and they have a lot of corporate partners that come in and help them, which yeah. is wonderful and uh, they honored these two amazing sisters uh, this past week and we told the story of Susan Rubio and Blanca Rubio, who are now in the state legislature they were undocumented when they were kids. They were yeah. deported. They were able to get their, their papers in orders, come back, were raised in East L.A., hmm. and now one's a state senator, one's in the Assembly.
1: That's a good wow. story right?
4: Yeah, so from deported to now hey. making <laughs> mm-hmm. legislation. Legislations, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. important. So those are the stories that are, you know. <clears throat> like that we, that. So here's the thing. Mm-hmm.
2: And you mentioned something. We were talking about this early, like how we don't, our films, and, and bringing it back to music, our scores and stuff, like how we don't do that anymore. Like we don't have that, I don't know, when I feel like when I go see films now, I miss that thing that makes that dramatic and brings the emotion to the surface and stuff. And you had said something about, you said they're they're afraid of doing that.
3: I think people, I mean, look, I, I, I think people, I mean, certain people don't do it. I mean, people love when Tarantino does it, but, you know, he gets a pass for a lot of things for certain reasons. I mean, you know, he, they're afraid. I think people are afraid. They think it's too, they think it's too bombastic yet or there's or that it's spoon feeding people too much, yet they want the spoon feeding to be in the in the actual storytelling as opposed Ooh. to doing it you in know, the music where it's less' it's, it's less overt you know what i mean like one of the things I loved about you know like Tarantino does this to a certain degree, but you know um any right? right so like so every um spaghetti western. Mm-hmm those characters have their own theme. Right. and So, you know what? Before they come on, you hear that theme. You know. Or yeah. that theme is playing when they're about to... You know, you're like, yeah. oh, shit, that's so-and-so. Right. That's Angel Eyes coming here. Right. He goes, Because oh, right, right. right, that's right. his theme. And it's right. like... it's and you, and you look at most scores today, and it's like, you know... There's no there's like like there's no Lex Luthor theme or there's mm-hmm. no Thanos theme. You know I mean it is again again the, the Imperial March is the Vader. People call it the Vader theme, but it's really yeah. called the Imperial March because it's like it, it's it's so iconic yeah. with the character. Mm-hmm. And it's like I I just don't I think I think has to do with you were saying me about using temp scores and stuff like right. that. Mm-hmm. People use temp scores. I don't think f- filmmakers are as aware of again. I think you know my whole thing is uh, filmmakers aren't so aware of films. Part of 2000 right now. That's true. For a long time, it was like yeah, 80, yeah, yeah. but now it's like 2000. And, mm-hmm. it's like if, and, and if, if your cinema knowledge is, is so weak for films pre-2000, then mm-hmm. you've missed so many things that, you know, the, the way people experimented with stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and why they did stuff a certain way. I mean, again, you know, I heard this Paul Thomas Anderson thing. He was talking about how he was using music in... Um, uh, Magnolia mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. and, and he was like But you know what I just stole this from Kubrick Because Kubrick did this in- <laughs> Yeah yeah right? yeah, was, yeah You know and, he, and it's just like Yeah because he's of, he knows
1: Right But, but
3: you wouldn't Sometimes it's really
1: simple and, It's right, really simple right, but, right. But, but
3: the thing is Is is, is, is mm. that like You wouldn't know To know To do certain things Because It's like It was the guy Donald Rumsfeld It's like you don't know What you don't know mm. Right You know And it's like You don't know What you don't know it, right. And it's like and It's all there for you to learn yeah. And it'll entertain you At the same time I mean yeah. I, I don't know People are afraid to to, 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 you, from my experience. Right. Because it's one of the things that, we're like, when we were watching the, the like, uh, Avengers Endgame, right. I kind of felt like the music never really brought me, like, no. like, like, into right. the movie. Right, no, You know, right. I mean, yeah. yes, there's that Avengers theme, but even that Avengers theme is not as iconic as you want it to be. Right. You know, you especially mi-
2: that big finale battle, I kept waiting, and I'm just like,
3: no. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> this is like, a missed yeah, opportunity. You know, yeah, a yeah, missed opportunity with the music. And it's like, uh, should, I mean, it would help. I mean, at the end there, when, you know, when the, when the, ska, when, uh, when the, they're, when they're, not in the end, but they're in that middle part that they're They're lamenting that Black Hooda was dead, at right. the end, when they're right. lamenting that, that you know when uh, when when Steve Rogers is old now, like the no. score, I, th- I think I'm, I don't remember. I think there's music playing. I don't remember. No, because you don't It's not. That. It's not. Th- it, this it, is, this but, is, this but it reminds me what
2: you said is like. And I hate to say this; it might offend some people, but it's kind of like you know, this whole Avengers thing is kind of like the Star Wars of its day right. in terms of the music. <laughs> Empire Strikes Back. You know, all those. I don't feel like the Avengers thing. The clo- it just didn't. I don't think they honored it well by having not having great dramatic emotional music, music to really help pull me through. Yeah. Cause I'm going to be honest with you. Some of those characters that die, I didn't care. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, it's like all I was sitting there for is like, as long as T'Challa comes back right. and Shuri and them and a couple other folks come through, I'm good. <laughs> but I just felt like all this buildup, it just, it didn't have it. Really? And I'm disappointed all that money you spend. And I'm going to say this because unlike black Panther. When you listen to What's-His-Name, he talks about how he made that score, how they traveled, they did the music, they had themes for each characters. Mm-hmm. You can listen to that score from beginning to end all the way through and feel like you're seeing the whole entire movie. Mm-hmm. you got to be on that level. And I think Black Panther was the closest in a long time that I heard, besides like Hereditary and a couple like Inception and stuff like mm-hmm. that, where I've heard music as part of the storytelling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was effective.
1: Did you, did you talk about what, what, what the elements are? And score for horror That you like Oh um, If we're going classic
2: If you're talking about Like Goblin And all those things it Sometimes it's not The big dramatic moment It's just those Kind of unsettling sounds Like we were talking about Jaws for example Right, right. Like sometimes it's uh, I don't know a, a Jaws is a great example And also I'm thinking of terms of the small, little, tiny notes sometimes that help build throughout the story, oh, like you said. Fuck yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm thinking about the beginning of you know one of my favorite all time movies, and I'm always going to talk about it to the day I die. Godfather, right? The opening. Yeah, one trumpet. That little trumpet sound, mm-hmm. and then the slow, the hearing the guy's voice, and he's telling the story, and you're kind of like not centered in where it's going on, but you hear this voice, and when he does that. That was like a clarion call to. We're going to tell you
3: the story. Mm-hmm. We're
2: calling you to the campfire. Mm-hmm. We're not calling people to the campfire.
4: Absolutely not. No,
3: no. Like, I mean, I mean, you know, you know. I mean, and these guys, you know, like um um <laughs> um Alan Silvestri, who I know did some of the scores for the Marvel movies. I mean, he's a great composer. I just don't know, you know, like what's his time? Does he? I mean, people always say they don't have time to make. They don't, they don't, just, this pr- the production schedules are, are so short right now, and I'm like. Are they any? Sh- are they any shorter than they were when they made these other films? They need no, to make time for they, that. they. They. Were, I. I. I don't think they were, and I. Th- mm. And they have more time now. They work around the clock, and you can like, mm. you know, you can post it digitally, and change, there's so much mm. ways to make things faster, you know. That I'm. I'm. I'm not sure what the issue is. I mean, you're right. There is no clearing and calling. I mean, There's no. The, the people don't. It's like the the Halloween score. Mm-hmm. So John Carpenter Like he can't really Afford music So he does this on his own Right you know <laughs> Where
2: you have well, those Where you have those himself. Where you have those
3: Yes yeah. he does all, most, all uh-huh. his music mm-hmm.
2: Those happy accidents Where we ain't right. got no budget y'all exactly. But I know how to play A couple of notes <laughs> 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 On my
3: Casio Go going
2: make this right. shit work
3: <laughs> Yeah but yeah Cause I'm pretty sure he, he did score for that I know he did score for that He did all his movies yeah, Pretty but much but was that was yeah. and like um, um, Escape from New York like, There's these
0: very Ooh, iconic scores Great scores but you and know now he's touring with them. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> but 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 those things are they're telling story, they're doing narrative as well as doing emotional. I just think that is really where you find the difference in what the type of in in, in this break mm-hmm. of what of, of of what scores do now and what they used to do. I mean. Mm-hmm.
2: And it's probably why horror movies do it, do it so well, because it's kind of like that subconscious cue, like, okay, we have the stuff going, but don't forget the monster, whoever mm-hmm. this is, I'm thinking of like Tubular Bells, you know, and it's like, who would think that bells would be that kind of chilling and scary, but you would hear that, dun, 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 and you hear those little sounds, and oh my God, and you just think. Or voices.
4: Yes. These are Jerry Goldsmith in The Omen. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Or poltergeist for that. Yes. You know, those children's voices. Dude. Yes. Just scaring the uh-huh. shit out of you. I uh-huh.
3: do But that, uh-huh. yes. But, 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 yes. But, that's, but see, those guys.
2: Did they care more? And
3: the Not just they care more, but it's, it's <laughs> interesting because, you know what, because it's like. Were like, they like, steeped in, in, in
2: cinema tradition?
3: Well, this thing about horror movies is like. Well, the thing about horror movies now, even now that I love, is that that's the only place where. I don't say the only place, but you are allowed so much more dramatic leeway Mm -hmm. as a filmmaker to be stylistic to Mm -hmm. all these kind of things that you that has been kind of like filtered out of other type of cinema Mm -hmm. into other genres and I think just you know just with horror with horror you know this stuff plays on like those minor (laughs) keys all the time and it really kind of like and, and you, if you just play the fucking notes from a minor key, It doesn't matter what it is, it kind of, it, it tingles you in the back. Yeah. It makes yeah. you anxious. Right. Yeah. And that's the key to making a horror films work is, the, is, the, is I think to keep have the to, audience you have, anxious. You
2: have to be intentional. And I think that's why so many people were like geeked out when well, I know Black folks were when, <laughs> when Jordan Peele, for us, right. when he used <laughs> I Got Five on it, mm-hmm. and then he freaked that shit and deconstructed it and black people to this day are never going to forgive him cuz now when we go to parties and bring it old school i got five no negro we are not having five exactly. on nothing cuz exactly. i'm looking at you teter folks <laughs> you know like where you can take a song and like you know just change it up or just you know nursery rhymes cuz i'm thinking i'm trying to think of besides like i said hereditary jordan peel's thing where you've taken a certain form of music where the music becomes part of the
1: experience too you know speaking of that when we interviewed joe Talbot, he was talking about that the guy who sings I Got Five on it actually is in the movie and he mm-hmm. sings um, I Give My Life to San Francisco. What is it? Um, um,
3: uh, if You're Going to San, San Francisco. Francisco yeah, oh yeah. my
1: God. And he does it like a dude, like a, a street singer mm-hmm. out there in the middle of like, and it's like got this reverb to it. Like mm-hmm. he's like in a right, it is, you You will like go, you mm-hmm. want to just die. Yeah, it's it fantastic. So beautiful. It's, but it's, it's the same guy. Same right, guy. Exactly. And what's right. funny
3: is at the end, <clears throat> at the end of the little sequence is he's like, so what else he got? He's like, I got five. Like, <laughs> and then he stops and he goes, no, 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 we ain't going to do it. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. He, like, like he knew, was like, I can't play that. Right. But it's interesting. It's, 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 I mean, look, I, I, you know, I was talking to someone recently about, uh, you know, because I'm working on the biopic and it's like, you know, how do you make these things, um, uh, yeah, how they relevant to people today? Right. And I, I was like, well, it's the way that fucking any story is, is is relevant to someone today. I mean, you watch any drama, and it's like what someone's going through is is, is kind of unique to what they're trying to do. But then I was realizing, I was like, well, most of the biopics we see are about about musicians.
1: Yeah, like mm-hmm. like Rockin' Rocket he wanted acceptance from his father. Rocket Man, Queen, and it's like you know. Rocket
3: Rocket Man, Rocket Man, Man, you know right? And, and I I feel like there's kind of like a there's kind of like a dramatic crutch. Not in a bad way, but it's like because I'm telling a story about a musician, mm-hmm. he's expressing himself through this music that we all love, that is mm-hmm. existed and is and is and is timeless for th- you know, whatever. I mean, the stuff from it's forty years old, the music for El well, John stuff or older. Mm-hmm. It's like that is it, it, but it still feels uh but it still provokes the same emotional response in us now right. that you wouldn't get if I'm telling the story about Mandela. Right. Or something like that, because it's just this guy's life. What is like? Why is it important now? Mm-hmm. You know, but music is. It there's a It just it it brings us places that we can't get. Can't get. Can't get like otherwise.
4: Right. You know. Yeah.
3: Interesting. Well, cool. Well, thank y'all.
4: That was fun. Thank yeah, you, Andrew. You, you bet. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we Let's, need to get yeah, yeah. these
2: movies you've been talking about. Get these made. Oh,
4: thank you, thank you. Well, <laughs> I'm trying every day. Are you? You're mm. meeting with people, and the great thing about the WJ now is that we, these committee meetings, right. and you get to meet people. You go in there, and they're really making an effort to for other writers to meet other writers, yeah. and I appreciate that very much.
1: Right. Everybody's. We. I think when I was telling Chris and you this, <clears throat> I, I feel like for years it's almost like as if we forgot, specifically in television. We've forgotten we hire each other. That's right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Dude, you need to meet Edgar because he's got a, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Exactly. You forgot. That's what you do because you get your little clicks and Mm -hmm. you just stay there in that world and you help them. Right. But you forget you can help everybody Mm -hmm. because it all comes back to you in its own way because we remember, dude, you helped me with that thing. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's what it's about, Mm -hmm. about helping each other. Mm -hmm. sure. sure.
4: You know? sure.
1: Thank you. Mm -hmm. Like this.
4: This is a big help.
1: Thank you. Oh it's awesome Yeah Yeah we've been talking About doing it for a while (laughs) And I think timing Is just right You know what I mean Just all worked out Fine So you know And if you need anybody When you (laughs) do make those
2: films (laughs) Here we go I just have I just ask every person who comes through. I just need
4: one line. There they go. Over
1: there. That's my line. That's it. It's uh, funny. I, I, that's it. That's all. I,
4: I asked that with his friends. I want to be the guy who gets squibbed up and get shot. Yeah, yeah you, that's you why. know, if you need me anything, you know. I have it easy. They don't it. do squibs now, you know. Right. you know. It's all digital. It's all digital. Mm.
1: So where are you at, Edgar Pavlos Where can people find you? I'm at uh,
4: on Instagram, Tribes Min, M E N Pix, P I X and on Facebook. Are you on Twitter? I am not on Twitter. Yeah. I got to get on that. I know. Yeah. I'm a little old
1: fashioned. Speaking of that, are you going on Wednesday night to the guild? To um, they're doing a networking thing with um, like a panel with Javi and Liz and um, Latoya Morgan. No, they're doing a panel on like how to network and all that stuff. With is it
3: not, not this week? It's, it's nice Wednesday. Week. It was, it was, is it the 29th? That's the 26th. Oh, no.
4: I, I'm not going to that because I'm going to be out of town. But if, okay. if, if it's the one that I'm thinking of like, on the 26th. Yeah, like it's, it's, on
1: the,
4: it's on the 26th. Okay. Yeah. Mm. yeah, Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm going out of town.
1: Mm. Okay. It at, is it the theater? Mm. Oh, that's right. They, they moved it because it got Feeder. so big. That's yeah, right. I forgot
4: that's about right. that. Yeah. yeah. I forgot. But I'm All going right. to be out of town. I'm going to El Paso.
1: Oh, well, El, El Paso, Texas. Texas. El Paso, Texas. Yes. <laughs> I was thinking that from a course line. I'm from El Paso. One of my favorite <laughs> one
2: of my favorite bosses I had in my early days, Dodie Gonzalez. She was Irish and Mexican. Oh,
4: that's a great combo.
2: Her dad was Mexican, her mom was Irish. And Anthony Quinn. And I'm telling you, like that was the best she was like the best boss ever. And then she got me her husband was like big and uh PepsiCo, like one of the, they were like my favorite power Latino couple. Mm. But they ended up moving back to El Paso. They're doing great things, but I just remember El Paso's like Dodie <laughs> Dolores <laughs> Gonzalez Dodie We got some people Quinn Coming ga- out of El Dodie Quinn <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> We got Beto
4: O'Rourke Out of El Paso Yeah right? mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you at Chris?
3: Uh, <laughs> unauthorized CBD On Twitter and Instagram Lisa right. Lethal Coke
2: Jam uh, What fresh hell is this On Twitter <laughs> I won't tell you My other burner account Because that's the account I go and I lurk
4: <laughs> <laughs> Burner account <laughs> Where
2: where some things I might want to talk Some trash mm-hmm. But I don't want people To know it's me But I want to put it out there And then I retweet mm-hmm. myself <laughs> mm-hmm. So people don't have A way to find you To figure out A you are. Well, I'm pretty sure if they read the tweets, they know it's me. I I can't I can't disguise myself. (laughs) Or no matter what kind of name I make up, my personality is going to come out anyway.
1: And I am your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter at Hilliard Guest. I say Twitter like I'm cool. Twitter. Um, you guys can follow the show, Screenwriters ScreenwritersRR on Twitter. <clears throat> Any questions, ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes, give us a five-star review, uh, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, whatever you listen to. Please go on our what, Chris?
3: Our Patreon page. There'll be a link in the show notes to support our efforts for you guys here. Um, perks would be, you know, coffee mugs, uh, A chance to come to the set and listen to us record and the set.
2: set. (laughs) Actually, Actually, you have a nice, you have a nice, cool cool
3: office. Or 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 just t shirts to buy.
2: So there's beautiful stuff up there. It's a good vibe in here. You do do create a great writer's room Mm -hmm. in here. I hope that people take lessons. You should write a book, How to Create a Writer's Room.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I'm thinking about one thing already. Let me get you right quick. Bam. I guess you're trying to be all pretty, Ricky. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I got some shit going on. Um, yeah, it's a it's an artistic place. Like for instance, I was telling—I think I told you, Chris, a while ago—I had a young writer come in, you know, just to meet with me. He met me at like some panel or something, <clears throat> and he said he sits down and we start talking. And about five minutes in, I'm like, he hasn't looked me up, has he? He didn't know nothing about me. And I said, you didn't look me up, did you? And he goes, Oh no, I figured I'd just come in. Learn who you are And I says Let me give you some game In the future (laughs) And I was like You don't have to know Who I am But it'd take you 30 seconds to look around The room and go Oh I got him figured out Right Mm -hmm. You know what I mean There's just so much Interesting shit Mm -hmm. He's cooling in the art Of love Faces Love Old shit You know what I mean There's just a lot of Old toys You know what I mean You could just see And a gym set (laughs) <laughs> Got to keep my girlish finger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a gay man in my
2: right, right, Writing and doing reps at the same time. <laughs> you know I am. Uh-huh. Let me break the story down. Like John's
1: bedroom day, bitch. you <laughs> <laughs> <He's> so stupid. <laughs> and then I put my little thing on. Okay, like listen. Going to my <laughs> listen. Listen, listen. I go into my sniper zone. Look. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so thank y'all We appreciate you guys Listening to the show All over the world Everybody out there um, Continue um, Share the show Promote the show um, All that shit uh, A lot of shit going on It's
2: today Father's Day? Yes. Yeah, Father's,
4: Father's Day? Day. Yes yeah, Happy Father's Day, Day. Yeah, Happy Father's Day, Father's Day to everybody. everybody out there He's Biological a, this, and non Yes this,
1: this will be dropping in a week <clears throat> um, So this will drop next Monday mm-hmm. Alright, so Peace Cool um, Thank y'all Y'all know how we are We're doing a rant room On the show We keep it real we keep it opinionated. We keep it what everybody wants. Kinda forever. You know how to say it, Edgar. Kinda forever. Absolutely. Peace out. Ciao. I'm
0: going to say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the rainbow. Be a rider, well, you gotta be a writer till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the red room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know, the street nerd has got no time for no kaka. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. of Kaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hillier. He gonna bring more no game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the red ruin, ruin,